0: been so so good amen hey listen we've all uh uh, we've all took different paths amen we've all had our own way that we've went that thing called life uh but on on that journey we'd have to say god's been good god's been faithful you said but josh how's you how do you know that because look where you're at this morning amen hey you, you didn't come here in your own will your flesh amen outside of god you wouldn't be here this morning Amen. But uh, thanks be unto God. All my life, He's been faithful. All my life, He's been so so good. Amen. Well, it sure is good to have our pastor back in God's house this morning. Amen. I know His desire is to preach. Amen. So you pray for him and uh, thankful for him this morning, and uh, you you uh, pray for him, give you undivided attention, Pastor. You come and preach, brother. Love you.
1: I noticed you didn't give me a hug, Josh. I can't figure out why. Amen. <laughs> figure out how. Much people really care about you when, you, when you're when sick. Amen, I'll tell you. All my life, He's been faithful. Amen. God been good to you today? Sometimes God has to kind of put you flat on your back for you to realize just how good He is and how blessed you really are. But uh, I'll tell you one thing, I can't ever remember being any more excited to come to church than I was this morning. Holly got back... Mad at me a little bit because I started taking some steroid medicine um, uh, yesterday, and uh, what she didn't tell me, because she knew I probably wouldn't have took them, us men can be stubborn saying, can I get a witness right there, ladies, but uh, she didn't tell me that I'd probably be up all night last night, and I think I finally went to sleep about, uh, I don't know, about uh, 4 o'clock in the morning. And then I was up at five fifteen. So I mean, <laughs> I can't promise you what's going to take place this morning. Amen. I'm just here and accounted for. Praise God. Uh, but um, I was up and I was I was I was wide eyed and I was ready to roll and excited and uh, Amen. Couldn't wait to get to church. But you know we ought to feel that way every time, every Sunday. Amen. This ought to be the highlight of our week, just to come to God's house. Amen. And sometimes, amen, God has to take it away from you a little bit just for you to appreciate uh, what it really means to you. So I appreciate all the prayers. Uh, You say, preacher, are you 100% recovered? Well, uh, amen, I I can't answer that. I don't know if I... Hey, when you've never been well, (laughs) amen, Uh, it's hard to know when you're recovered, amen. But uh, I'm certainly feeling better than I was. And boy, I tell you, I've just been overwhelmed by all the... um, uh, all the phone calls and the text, and uh, tried my best to respond to every one of them. And uh, again, good, it's, it's good to know that you got people that love you and care about you and are praying for you. Uh, amen. And then it also gives you another perspective on, on what people go through. Uh, amen. Yeah, I'm young, younger. I'm not as young as I used to be, but uh, uh, I know the effect that this, uh, this illness has had in my life, and especially for those who are older. And um, have um, have some underlying health issues. I can just imagine how hard it is. But God's faithful, Amen. amen. And I believe the Lord's going to see us through, uh-huh. Amen. And we got to pray for each other, and we got to stay together, and, and encourage one another. Because I've got news for you this morning. God's greater than COVID. Can I get a witness, Amen? And I'm thankful that, uh, Amen. He is the healer. And he's able to do for us what nobody else can do. So again, it's good to be here today. I appreciate your presence. I know we've still got some out uh, because of sickness and various things, and we need to pray for them. And uh, I don't know if it was mentioned, but Mike uh, uh, texted me this morning and said that him and his wife, Grace, they're both not feeling well, so remember them in prayer and um Again, but it's good to be here. Pray for me this morning. I need your prayers. Turn with me, if you will, to 2 Peter, chapter 2. 2 Peter, chapter 2. <clears throat> One thing's for sure I've learned in ministry, or should have a long time ago, don't ever say, Well, I'm not going to preach this. Amen. Because I was uh, talking to Brother Josh this week. And appreciate Brother Josh. Amen. Uh, I tell you, I can't say that enough. Um, I, I make no bones about it. Josh is ten times tougher than I am. Uh, I love him dearly. I'm proud of him. And I'm so thankful that when I'm going through things that I, I don't even have to worry about. Doesn't even think whether or not things are, uh, at the church are going the way they need to. I know that, uh, that he's going to handle things um, the way God would have him to. So I'm very, very thankful for him. Amen. And uh, love you, brother. Thank you so much. But I told Josh in one of our conversations, that the Lord had been stirring my heart about a particular message. I said, but yeah, now's probably not the time to preach it. Well, I should have never said that. The Lord said, let me show you something, because you're going to preach it. And that's what we got to do. We've got to preach what God would have us to preach. Amen? Amen. So we're going to do that. I do need your prayers, not just physically, but I need discernment. Uh, this morning, that I wouldn't say anything other than what needs to be said. Second Peter, chapter number two. You can stand if you'd like. If not, uh, you can remain seated, just to do the best you can. The Bible says in verse number one of Second Peter, chapter number two, but there were false prophets also amongst the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies. Peter didn't cut any corners, did he? Uh, You help me preach today, I need your help this morning. Even denying the Lord that bought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell, and delivered them into chains of darkness, to be reserved unto judgment, and spared not the old world, but saved Noah the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an ensample unto those that after should live ungodly. Uh, You know, the Word of God, it's not just an example for the godly, but it's also an example for the ungodly. If God did it then, He can do it again. And that's not just positively, that's negatively too. Right. and delivered just Lot, vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked for that righteous man. And it's hard to to comprehend how we could say that Lot was righteous, but that's what the Bible says, isn't it? Uh, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. I'm afraid there's a lot of Christians that's guilty of vexing their righteous soul Uh, allowing themselves to be contaminated by the things of the world. The Lord knoweth, and I'm thankful for this though, aren't you, how to deliver the godly out of temptation, and to reserve the unjust under the day of judgment to be punished, but chiefly them that walk after the flesh in the lust of uncleanness and despise government. Presumptuous are they, self willed they are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusations against them before the Lord, but these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of the things that they understand not and shall utterly perish in their own corruption and shall receive the reward of unrighteousness as they count it pleasure to riot in the daytime spots they are and blemishes sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you having eyes full of adultery. And they cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. And heart, uh, they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who love the wages of unrighteousness? Now I've already saw here that um, uh, we're not probably not going get, to get to as far as to talk about some of these words. How it talks about uh, beguiling unstable souls and hearts that they have exercised with covetous practice. This people who who are guilty of the things that are described here in Peter's writing. This is not. Accidental. This is intentional. This is something that they have practiced and have become professional um, uh, charlatans, if you mind. Okay, now I want you to turn over with me to Jude, chapter number one. Jude, chapter one. I want to read a few verses here as well. Oh, I can tell some of you is already nervous. Hallelujah. Preacher Nick's back. Oh my goodness, we should have stayed at the house. Hallelujah. Just hold on for the ride. We're going to have a good time. Jude chapter 1, verse number 3. When you found your place, say amen. amen. Beloved, when I gave all diligently, diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. How many of you believe that we need to be doing that in our day day? Yes, earnestly contending for the faith yeah. once delivered to the saints. For there are certain men crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation. Ungodly men turning the grace of our God into lasciviousness and denying the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look with me at verse number 8. Likewise also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh. They despise dominion and speak evil of dignities right along with what Peter's discussing in chapter 2 of his epistle. Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation. But said, The Lord rebuke thee. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts, and those things they corrupt themselves... Woe unto them, for they have gone in the way of Cain and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for reward and perished in the gainsaying of Kor. Now verse 16, and this will be the last verse we read. And there's many other things we could say about that, but I'm sure you don't want to be here till 2 or 3 o'clock this afternoon. And I probably won't last that long. Amen? These are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust. And their mouth... Speak great swelling words, having men's persons in admiration because of advantage. Father in heaven, I love you today and I thank you for your goodness. Thank you, Lord, just for the opportunity to be back in church. And oh God, I just thank you, God, Lord, for the opportunity to preach. Believe that will be the best medicine I could have today is just to preach your word. But oh God, I don't take this time lightly. And Lord, especially the content of today's message. Take it very seriously. God, I need discernment. Uh, God, Lord, I need uh, You, Lord, to guide my thoughts and to guard my lips. Lord, to say nothing other than what You'd have me to say. But Lord, I pray that I wouldn't hold back uh, simply to avoid controversy. Lord, help me not to do that. Lord, help me to preach uh, and under the anointing and the inspiration of the Holy Spirit... Uh, God, I pray that everything that's said and done today would bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, that's what it's all about. And Lord, I pray that you'd help your people, Lord, today. And Lord, encourage us all to understand the seriousness uh, and the perilous nature of the days we're living in. We're going to praise you today for what you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord's help today, I want to preach on this thought. Beware of false prophets. Alright? And I really do need your prayers. Not just physically, but spiritually, emotionally, and mentally. I need discernment today. How many of you would agree with me that we need more discernment than what we have? Amen? Uh, I believe this is the exact message God would have me to preach but due to some recent events that either have been or are in some cases continuing to take place, it would be easy for you or others to get the, the wrong impression, to get confused and to misunderstand the purpose of today's message. May I remind you today God's not the author of confusion. Right. Right. Amen. 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 Uh, and, and, and God forbid, amen, that we would um, use the sacred place that God's give to us Uh, to do anything other than to bring glory to the name of Jesus Christ. But I do hope you appreciate the fact that you've got a pastor who's not going to avoid things that need to be preached just because they're uncomfortable and controversial. Amen? That's right. There's some things that we... Listen, there's a lot of things we avoid today because we don't want to uh, rock the boat. We don't want to ruffle the feathers. But you need to hear them and I need to hear them too. Amen? Why? Because they're in the Word of God. Amen. So my desire, is, my desire is to help you today, and I believe the Lord will use these thoughts to help all of us as, he, as He's already used them to help me. Beware of false prophets. Uh, I've had these ideas on my heart and my mind, but you know, you'd think after 15 years, uh, I'd, I'd, have figured, I'd have understood that the Lord sees the future. Right. And He's preparing the way before the time ever comes. Amen? Uh, And this is for such a time as this. Here in chapter 3, along with the parallel verses provided in Jude, the Bible speaks concerning how important it is for we who are saved to be aware of and to constantly be on the lookout for what Peter describes in verse number 1 of chapter 2 as false prophets and false teachers. And I want you to notice... Uh, And again, this may or may not be a shouted out message, but it's an important message that we need to hear today. In verse 1 of our text, Peter describes these false prophets and false teachers as being among the people. You see that? Amen. Uh, uh, Amen. Brother Randy, I know you've been in this thing long enough to know exactly what I'm talking about here today. Now what this tells me is that the false preachers and teachers, the Apostle, is warning us about in our text, uh, not only are they located outside conservative, fundamental Bible-believing assemblies such as ours, but many times they rise up amongst us and within our ranks as well. Can I say this to you today? The devil ain't a dummy. And he's got a strategy that he's been practicing and he's got it down pat and he's a perfectionist at what he does. And just in case you don't realize it, it works. Amen? Uh, So before we go any further, let me just say that if you're looking for the place of where you can find what the Bible refers to uh, as false prophets, false preachers, and false teachers, you don't have to go to the megachurch. You don't have to go to the cult, amen? You don't have to go to another false religion or uh, some prosperity gospel or felt needs preaching church to find them. But according to the Word of God, the most liable and likely place where we can find false prophets and false preachers and teachers is within the fold and amongst old-fashioned conservative Bible-believing churches like ours you help me preach today. One thing is for sure, the devil uh, knows what he's, he's doing and he knows that the best way to do as much damage as he can is not to attack the church from the outside, but on the inside. And if he really wants to go about fulfilling his objective to destroy the work of God, he knows the best way for him to do it is to get in amongst us to ambush bushes from within and to attack us internally and within our own ranks. Amen. You know what is a shame today? And we're all guilty of of being a part of it. Uh, Amen. Uh, We're so busy fussing and fighting with each other that we don't have time to fight the real enemy. Amen. That's right. And that's all the work of the devil is what it is. We might refer to it as spiritual espionage, sabotage. The planning of spies, or what we might even refer to as the Trojan and horse effect, so to speak. And if you study any major war that has ever occurred, you know that one of the greatest keys to success uh, has to do with sabotage, espionage, clandestine warfare, and surveillance. Uh, Holly and I got into a series watching a few years ago. I'm a big history buff, you know that. Uh, about the Revolutionary War and a spy network. It's called Turn, and it came out on uh, AMC, American Movies Classic, and I loved it because it showed the importance of, of, of clandestine warfare and espionage, uh, amen, amongst the patriots of our country and how they helped to win the victory against the British. Uh, a wonderful series, and the theme song to it. Uh, we still, I'm sure Holly could still sing it. There's snakes in the garden. Amen? Amen. Did you know anything that is successful? Uh, Amen? Uh, you got to look for the snakes in the garden. Oh, y'all so nervous. Amen? You're used to hard preaching. Come on, help me today. Amen? Uh, But let let me me read some Scripture to you. Uh, 2 Corinthians 11. And you can write these references down. 2 Corinthians eleven twelve 12 through 15. Paul said, but what I do that I will do that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion that wherein they glory they may be found even as we are for such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel for Satan himself, or in other words, it shouldn't surprise us, because Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore it is no great thing if his ministers also be transformed as ministers of righteousness whose end shall be according to their works. Uh, Paul is describing these impostors Uh, As angels of light who are directly sent from Satan and are clothed as ministers of righteousness but are in reality servants of the devil himself. In Jude, and I don't understand this, but the Bible tells us in Jude that they were foreordained to condemnation from the very beginning. that, That don't fit into my theology, but it's what the Bible says. Amen? So again, they're enemy spies. They're engaging in the work of sabotage, espionage, clandestine work, and spiritual surveillance against us by our enemy. I want to remind you, uh, amen, and I'm getting a little warm. If I start to pass out, Matt, come grab me, because Josh ain't got he's not going to touch me. he just let me die, hallelujah. <laughs> he's already proved that. Amen. <laughs> uh, but listen, <laughs> uh, not everything that glitters is gold. And things aren't always as they appear. And these counterfeits, these phonies, these frauds, these fakes, and these religious charlatans are very dangerous and are probably as great of a threat against the work of God as any other. Amen. And according to Paul, we are to cut off occasion from them, which, having, which desire occasion and to not give them an opportunity to wreak havoc By the way of their treacherous work. Amen. Matthew 7.15 You listen to what Jesus said. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Here's why these false prophets, these preachers and teachers who so often infiltrate conservative, religious and fundamental circles such as our own are very dangerous. Galatians chapter number 1, you write this reference down. Verse number 6. Paul wrote, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from Him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Which is not another, but there are be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Is that not what the Bible says? Uh, can I say to you today, there is, just as there is a true gospel, there is also a false gospel. Just as there are true churches, there are also false churches. Just, I'm starting to feel a little bit like preaching all of a sudden. Y'all may be in trouble today. Amen. Some of you probably praying that I'll pass out. Hallelujah. Just as there are true preachers, there are false preachers. Just as there are true Christians, there are counterfeit Christians. And just as there are true Bibles, there are perverted Bibles. Everything God does, the devil has a counterfeit for. And you and I, in the day which we are living in, the last days, perilous times, as much as anything, you need discernment to be able to distinguish between that which is right and that which is wrong, that which is true and that which is false. You know, Paul said, I marvel that ye are so Quickly removed. You know why uh, these charlatans, these false prophets are so dangerous and so much of a threat? Not just to the church down the road, but to our church because of how easily you and I are led astray. Uh Amen? Uh, I've said this before. It never surprises me at how more apt people are to believe a lie rather than the truth. Your flesh would rather believe the lie of the devil than the truth of God's Word. And whether or not you want to admit it, and I admit it, we are all in danger of being led astray by a counterfeit. Whether that be a counterfeit... um, uh, Amen. Whether that be a counterfeit gospel... A counterfeit Jesus. You know this world, and I can't get off on this, but this world is presenting a convenient form of Jesus. A comfortable version of Jesus. A customized, user-friendly version of Jesus. You know, just because you believe in Jesus today doesn't mean you believe the Jesus of the Word of God. You better make sure your faith is not just founded in a Jesus, but in the Jesus of the Bible. Today. Amen. You could be led astray and forsaking a true church and going to a perverted church. A false church. A lot of false churches today. Amen. Josh preached uh, on uh, amen, uh, uh, the book of Ruth and Elimelech left Bethlehem and went to Moab. And he lost everything. I had a good time. You know, I quickly realized Wednesday night this live stream thing uh, is a good deal. I could sit in my recliner and watch Josh preach and watch Tennessee play basketball, the same thing. Ain't no wonder people staying home from church. I need to confess my sins, glory to God. Huh? Amen. Hey, y'all never leave. My, leave Uh, Bethlehem the place of bread and go to Moab or you'll lose everything but people in our day are being duped by the devil and they're accepting the counterfeit over the real thing I I ain't never liked and I drink it because I have to (laughs) because I'm unhealthy enough as it is but I ain't never liked diet I want the real thing baby amen give me the real deal but we are accepting the phony. We've traded the real thing over that which is fake and that which is false. Here's another thing um, Jesus said in Matthew 24 concerning the last days. He said in verse 24 of Matthew 24, the Olivet Discourse, for there shall arise false Christ and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. Speaking of Israel, in its context, but I believe we can apply, we're in danger of being deceived by the false Jesus and the, and the false uh, gospels of our day. We live in perilous times. And even in amongst religious circles, there is more confusion, more error, more lies, more frauds, more phonies, more charlatans, more hirelings, standing behind pulpits and preaching mess that is so far removed from the Word of God. It ain't even funny. We need discernment to be able to tell the difference between what is real and what is fake. 1 John 4, 1, beloved, believe not every spirit... But try the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. When we hear a preacher or a teacher, including myself, we need to determine whether or not His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Amen? Acts 17.11 These were more notable than those in Thessalonica in that they received the Word with all readiness of mind. But listen to what else they did. They searched the Scriptures daily whether those things were so. Amen. You know what you don't... You know, you know the quickest way for you to be deceived? And I hope you appreciate the fact you've got a pastor that's willing to tell you this. You don't need to just take everything I say or any other preacher says at face value. Amen. You better take it home and make it sure it lines up with that book you're holding in your lap. Because I ain't God. And my word isn't equivalent with his word. And if my word contradicts that book, then my word's wrong. Amen. And you have the right, as a member of this church, to rebuke, to, re- to reprove, re- rebu- rebuke, and if necessary, remove me. Forward. I know it's been a while since I'm preaching. <laughs> I ain't speaking in tongues, halibut, yet. <laughs> That medicine now. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, I, I can get... If what I say don't line up with the Bible, what I say is wrong. Right. I don't care how popular I am. I don't care how, uh, how, much, pow- how, how much power my influence has. I don't care what my, who my, uh, what my name is. If what I say don't line up with that book, what I say is wrong. And I want to be careful today because i got some apologizing to get to and I'm going to do it before the message is over. Alright? But let me tell you something. Alright? I don't want to be getting the flesh this morning. My autistic nephew ain't demonized. I don't care who it is. Ain't ain't no man of God has the right to stand behind a pulpit and say such. And he ought to be took to account for that by his congregation. Uh And if I ever say such foolishness, you ought to kick me out the door. I'm telling you, man. I might be a preacher, but i got a flesh. Hallelujah. All right. Got that out of the way. Surprised it took that long. So how do we identify false prophets? And can I say this? I'm not accusing anybody, and I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to give you Bible, why I don't have the right to accuse any man of being a false prophet. I'm going to show you that. All right? I'm giving you the Word of God today. Amen. And if it hits me between the for, the, between, between the, on the forehead, then so be it. Amen. You know, there's a difference between making a mistake or a bad decision. Let me ask you today. Have you ever said something that you wish you ain't said? (laughs) Open mouth, insert foot. (laughs) Now that's Bailey's. (laughs) Oh my. You better be on the altar, hallelujah. (laughs) And we got one sis that ain't even here, hallelujah. I'll preach to her later. (laughs) Hey man. I mean, sometimes we just say things we ought not say. Sometimes we just do things we ought not do. And when we do, we ought to be merciful and gracious towards each other and forgive one another. And I got news for you. If you want somebody to be merciful to you, you better be merciful to them. And if you want God to forgive you, you 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 better be willing to forgive somebody else because one of these days you're going to mess up. And standing behind this pulpit and preaching the Word of God ain't easy, is it, brother? But can I tell you, if nothing else, God has convicted me greatly this week to measure my words. And I want to ask you to pray for your pastor. And I ain't just talking about what is said from this pulpit. I'm talking about other platforms as well that I'd do a better job measuring my words. Because what we say is serious is a big deal. Other people are paying attention and it's either going to help or hinder the cause of Christ. And as men of God, Brother Josh and Brother Randy, you know that we need to do a better job than what we do of measuring the words we speak from this holy and sacred desk. Let me just give you some traits very quickly this morning. Now again, I want to prove to you how that we do not have the right to condemn anybody. I ain't the judge, the jury, and I sure ain't the executioner. <laughs> That's right. I'm glad that the one is. He has the, the title, the ability to judge righteously. And if he condemns you and sends you to hell, it won't be because of what I think about you or what you think about yourself. It'll be because of what he knows. So it ain't my right to condemn nobody. Now to measure their words against what the Bible says, I do have that right. The Bible says, He that is spiritual judgeth all things. Speaking of a spirit of discernment, taking what I say and what I do and measuring it against what the Bible says. You have that right and responsibility. And so do I. But I don't have the right to condemn anybody. Amen? Amen. God has the last word. Let me just give you some characteristics of a false prophet. Amen? First of all, introduction. Who, in verse 1, shall privily bring in damnable heresies. You know the best way to judge whether or not a preacher or a teacher is fake or false or real is by the substance of their message and the content of their doctrine. Now, I know the word doctrine isn't very popular today, but it's still in the Bible. And what somebody believes is important. Now, that doesn't mean we're all going to agree on everything. Just because Brother Josh and I might might not dot every I and cross every T alike doesn't mean that that he's a false prophet. Now, Brad's a Yankee, so that's a different matter. (laughs) Huh? (laughs) But we're not all going to agree on everything. But doctrine is important. Did you know what you believe affects how you behave? Your doctrine affects your duty. Your belief affects your behavior. Doctrine is important. And the best way to determine whether or not somebody is real or false is whether or not what they say is backed up by that book and you may not like it, and it may hurt your feelings, and it may hurt my feelings, and it may offend me, but if it's in the book, then I just need to swallow the bitter pill. But if they are preaching things that are contrary to the Word of God, then what that should be is a red flag to you that they may or may not be real. And notice they do it privately. In other words, secretively. They're not honest or straight up. They do it in an underhanded way. They're not straightforward. They're hard to pin down. And you're always questioning what they really mean by what they say. And when confronted over it, they say, well, you're just taking it wrong and I didn't really mean it that way. Red flag, they may be a false prophet. This pulpit is not a place for confusion. It's a place for clarity. It's not a spin zone, glory to God. Fox News may be a spin zone, but the pulpit isn't. It's a place for clarity. And I need to do everything within my power to make sure you know exactly what I mean by what I say. God is not the author of confusion. He wants it to be done decently and in order. Admiration. Many shall follow, verse 2, their pernicious ways. False prophets are usually popular. They draw a big crowd. They have a big following. Maybe it's because they're flashy, flamboyant, dynamic, charismatic, talented, handsome, articulate, intelligent, educated, well-dressed, popular, wealthy, successful, or powerful. Maybe it's because their message is unique, unusual, different, abnormal, or extraordinary. Paul said, I marvel at how soon or easily you are removed from the simplicity of Christ to another gospel. And I say, Amen. Amen. We're not satisfied with the simple truths of the Word of God. We want to doll it up. Uh Amen? We want to beautify it. We want to change it to fit more comfortably into our lives. Uh You better take the old highway. You better be satisfied with the true gospel. Just because it's a crowd don't mean it's a church, hallelujah. And just because they got a full house doesn't mean they're following the Word of God. Boy, I'm trying to help you today. Reputation. This is a big deal right here, verse 2. By reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. You listen today. Because they identify themselves with the truth and claim to be of Jesus, they bring reproach to the name of Christ and bring shame to those who are really of God. One of the saddest things about a charlatan is the bad name he or she gives the cause of Christ. You and I are unpopular enough as it is without some fake and phony blowhard spouting off the mouth and giving us a worse name than what we already have. We must measure our words and actions because what we say and do has a bearing on the cause of Christ and the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. That's right. Doesn't mean we're going to have a popular reputation with the world. That means we don't need to do anything to make it worse than what it already is. Can I get a witness today? An exploitation. It's really getting ready to get fun now. Verse 3 And through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. Do you know what you are? To so a false prophet and a charlatan, all you are is merchandise. False prophet don't care nothing about your soul. They're, they, they, they're not interested in who you are, all they care about is what you have. And they will manipulate you. They will use the ways that they have polished up to a T and professionalized to milk you dry and to get as much money out of you as they possibly can. Can I say to you today that church business in some circles is big business? Amen? Right Big business. But did you know that made Jesus matter than anything else when he saw his father's house being made a house of merchandise? Uh-huh. Amen? As long as you have what they want, you are worth, you are of worth and value to them. Once your money is gone, you are worthless to them. You help me preach today. You know it takes money to do ministry, but when money becomes more important than ministry, there is a problem. Money is a part of ministry. It must never become the focus or the driving force of ministry. When that happens, ministry becomes nothing more than merchandise. Faith healers exploiting their people over the frailness of their sickness and illness If you just have enough faith and give enough money, you'll be healed. There's a hot place in hell for those scoundrels. I recently had a man (laughs) tell me it's never God's will for somebody to be sick. He said if they get sick, they either have a demon or they don't have enough faith. That's what this person told me. If you're sick, it's because you don't have enough faith. I said, all right, somebody dies of cancer. My grandma died of cancer. They all just put a sign above her casket. She didn't have enough faith. My father-in-law died of COVID. God didn't, he didn't get healed of COVID. Well, he just didn't have enough faith. No, he probably just didn't give enough money. That's good preaching. See what this is all about, friend? You ain't going to hear this. Now, Don't you? don't you put words in my mouth. I didn't say God couldn't heal. God healed my mama. Ain't no charlatan did it. Yeah. You know what? When I will believe, or when I will at least pay attention to the fact that autism might possibly uh, have something to do with demon oppression. As crazy as that might sound, when 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 that dude brings somebody up on his stage and heals them of their autistic condition in front of me. It won't happen. You know what they're doing? You know what? When you're sick, you're desperate. Amen. Say amen right there. Amen. You'll do anything to, be, to get well. You'll give, you'll give your bottom dollar. Not to be. And you know what? Religious racketeers take advantage of that. And they use their position, their power, their personality... And their pulpit and their platform to manipulate innocent people. And hell's going to be a hot place. And I ain't apologizing for saying that either. Rebellion. Verse 10. Y'all having fun today? Amen. Amen. And despise government. Now again, I can't get into all of this this morning. The, gover- the word government means authority. And Peter has in mind men who simply will not submit to authority or operate in under the accountability of other people. Now mind you, they want everybody else to submit to them and be accountable to them. But they'll do whatever they have to do in order to keep from sitting under the authority and accountability of others which is contrary to the Word of God. Now I'm not saying that everybody has who has a problem with accountability or authority is is a false prophet. I'm just saying it's a red flag. You know what? I've got a problem with authority. I don't like other people telling me what to do. But the Bible tells me I'm to submit myself to my brother. And that applies to the preacher just as much as it applies to the pew warmer. Amen? Amen? I am to submit myself to you just as you're to submit yourself to me. I am to make myself of no reputation to you. Not just you making yourself of no reputation to me. But people who don't want to submit to authority, and now let's move forward, Presumption, presumptuous are they The word presumption means one who is willing to go over the limits of their authority, stretch the boundaries, break the rules, and go over the limits. And this goes back to their own despising of authority. Why? Because they view rules, boundaries, and laws as a threat to the dominion of their own kingdom. In the Bible, there is such thing as a presumptuous sin. And it is always based and rooted in pride. Because a person thinks more highly of themselves than what they ought to think, and we're all guilty of that, you are very vulnerable to the committing of presumptuous thing, sins. Because we think more highly of ourselves than we should, we, are in, we think we are entitled to stretch the rules, live outside the boundaries, and not live according to the laws we expect everybody else to live by. We see this in political circles. Everybody else has to wear a uh, a mask but not Nancy Pelosi. Uh Uh-oh. Huh? Everybody else has got to isolate themselves but not the politician. You know I'm telling you the truth. Because they they think that they're above. They, they, They think they're on a different level than we peons and simple people. But I want to remind you, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. Amen? And if I've if got to follow the law, so do you. If I've got to live by the rules, do you know what you need today? You need some boundaries in your life. That's why there are some boundaries in the Word of God. God puts some structure and says, it's alright for you to do this, but it's not okay for you to do that. That ain't legalism, brother. That's the Word of God. Somebody said, Well, don't you trust me? I don't even trust myself. I had somebody tell me that recently. Don't you trust me? Well, I don't even trust myself. (laughs) Why would I trust you? I'm I'm just telling you the truth today. I, I don't want to handle money without accountability. I had somebody... <laughs> oh, we're, getting, we're having a time. I had somebody recently that messaged me on Facebook and said, Preacher, the pastor of my church... And y'all don't know, know this person, so don't worry about it. <laughs> That's what we want to... Well, who's he talking about? <laughs> he said, The pastor of my church has absolute control over the money. Is that alright? I said, No, let me give you some Bible for it. And I took them to 1 Corinthians chapter number 8. And I showed them how that Paul, when he was transporting the offering from Corinth to Jerusalem, he had somebody accompany him to hold him accountable Amen. so that all things would be done above board and so that the business would be conducted honestly not just in the sight of God but also in the sight of man. Amen. I don't trust myself. Man, I don't. If you think less of me for that, then whatever. But I don't. But you, you know, hey, man, you got a flesh just like I do. Eve partook of the forbidden fruit because she presumed she was entitled to it. David committed adultery with Bathsheba because he thought he had a right to do so because he was a king. Saul sinned presumptuously when he offered a sacrifice that only Samuel could offer. Formula for presumption is this. It's a, it starts with a, pr- a pride. Then it moves to a position, a pulpit, a platform, and power that leads to presumption. In other words, because of who I am and because of the position and the title I hold, I can say whatever I want to say and do whatever I want to do because nobody has a right to tell me otherwise. And you would be amazed at how many people and how many preachers hold to that line of thinking. Now let me tell you something. This is a sacred desk. God hears hears every word that is spoken behind that pulpit. So I need you to pray for me and I need you to pray for Josh and I need you to pray for whoever stands here. Because it's a big deal. But can I tell you what else it is? It is a position of power. And you may not understand that. You do. You do. And you know what every preacher has to decide? I'm I'm giving you some insight into what some preachers would never tell you because they're guilty. Every preacher, Brother Anthony, has to decide, am I going to use this place and the power and the position and the prestige and the talents of my personality? To promote my own agenda? To manipulate and influence my people? Or to be faithful to my calling? And there's a lot of dudes that's chosen the former over the latter. And they're going to have to answer I'm not saying all of them false because I'm telling you, You know what, Brother Guy Roberts told me one time, and I don't ever want to forget it. He said, you know what's keeping most preachers from fulfilling their calling? They ain't never got over themselves. Would you pray for Brother Nick Bailey that he'd get over himself so I can reach the potential God would have for my life? Obsession. Self-willed. I'm almost through. Well, we'll be done in another 30 minutes if you're lucky. I'm just kidding. Self-willed. That word means that they're consumed and obsessed with themselves. Their objective, whether it be hidden or exposed, is to promote themselves, their own name and their own agenda, whether it be money, power, position, prestige, or all of the above. Mark it down. The priority of every false prophet's words and works always has to do with themselves. Because to them the world revolves around themselves. They view themselves as the center of the universe and without, the world, without them the world would immediately stop turning. Do you know what, Josh? United Baptist Church would go on strong if God took me out of here. But if I'm not careful, I'll think otherwise. Here's another part of what it means to be self-willed. They don't distinguish between the will of God and their own will. One of my dear friends recently made a comment. And he was very wise for making it. And he said, just because you say it's... If, if what you say is God's will goes against God's Word, then what you think is God's will is wrong. Do you know what? People are using the will of God to excuse their sin more than anything else. Oh, I just know God told me to do this. Huh? I just know God told me to uh, leave the spouse He gave me and find another one. I just know God told me it's alright to have an abortion. I just know because I was born that way that it's okay for me to be a homosexual. Homosexual. I just know it's all right for me to be attracted to somebody of the same sex. God don't go against what God says' don't, tells you doesn't go against what He's already told you. Amen? Amen? But a lot of times you know how, how a false prophet will get out of and get around their own the the obstructions that come up to them fulfilling their agenda, well, I'm just doing what God told me to do. You're a liar. Just because I think God told me to do it doesn't mean it's what He... You could be wrong about the will of God. All right, now. Accusations. Verse 10-11. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Whereas angels which are greater in power and might bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord. All right, now I'm just going to read this, but in Jude 1, and speak evil of dignities, yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a railing accusation, but said, the Lord rebuked thee. I've got to give you this because this will help you How should we handle those who we perceive could possibly be a false prophet? Leave them alone and leave them on God's hands. Do you know what Jude is saying here? He's saying that Michael the archangel was in a contest, and I don't understand this, over the body of Moses with the devil. That's what's going on. That's what Jude says. That Michael the Archangel is contesting and fighting over the body of Moses with the devil, but yet Michael the Archangel refused to make an accusation against the 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 devil, but left him alone to God. All right, I told you I was going to apologize. We ought never make it our business. To speak against other men of God.
0: Amen. Now,
1: I, you may feel like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth. I, I, I'm not trying to do that. And again, I, I'm talking about here, here's the fine line between what I'm talking about today. It's one thing for us to discern between what is right and wrong according to what the Bible says and for us to come out and condemn another preacher I don't have that right and when I do that I am guilty of being presumptuous going, above, going beyond my right to condemn a man you know why? because I don't know nearly as much as I think I know y'all hear me today? But you know, some people, some preachers, and you say, well, who's he talking about? I'm, not, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking generally here. Some preachers make it their, their hobby horse and their life's calling to bash other preachers. I don't know how much, many times I've heard young preachers who ain't never done nothing for the cause of Jesus criticize and bash Billy Graham. When that young preacher sees a handful of people saved compared to the moment that Billy Graham's done of the Lord, then he has a reason to talk. Until then, he needs to keep his mouth shut. There's a whole lot of things in the Bible that can be preached than for me to spend all my time preaching against other preachers. Independent Baptist preachers bashing Southern Baptist preachers. Southern Baptist preachers bashing free will preachers. Who gives a rip? Preach the word of God. <laughs> I, I heard another preacher recently. You heard this. I said, Josh, you've got to listen to this. And I'm sad to say he was an independent Baptist preacher. God help us all. He literally said Charles Spurgeon is in hell. And he said, John MacArthur's headed there. Man. Gosh. How does he know that? Brother Randy, I've done a lot of preaching, and you have too. You know what? Sitting across this congregation today, the truth is, I don't know anybody's spiritual state other than myself. I don't know whether you're saved or not. That's between you and God. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks on, sees the heart. And that's another red flag when people try to be the Holy Ghost. And when people try to say, well, I know who's saved. No, you don't. You're being presumptuous. You're standing in the place of God. It's not your right to. Deti- it's not my right as a preacher to say, this person's saved and this person's not saved. That's a Holy Ghost job. It's my job to preach the Word and leave the results to God. To say that Charles Spurgeon is in hell or that John MacArthur is going to go or will be in hell. And this preacher actually said, I hope hope he goes there because I hate him. That's what he said from the pulpit. That's a whole lot of red flags if you're asking me, brother. So this week I publicly rebuked a fellow pastor and I was wrong for doing so. Do I believe he's right for saying what he said? No, and because my nephew is autistic, it hit hit home, put me in the flesh, and made me mad real quick. But it's not my place to rebuke or condemn him. And it was presumptuous for me to be his judge, jury, and executioner, and sad to say it brought shame to the cause of Christ. And I apologize to you for doing that. An assumption. But these, verse 12, as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed. I'm wrapping this thing up. I promise you, listen, if I can preach, having spent the last two weeks with COVID, then you can sit here and listen to me. <laughs> speak evil of things they understand not. Jude 1.10, But they speak evil things which they know not, but what they know naturally. Can I give you some common advice this morning? Don't trust your own knowledge or lean on your own understanding. Don't make assumptions based on partial information until you know the whole story. That's why God alone has the right to judge because His knowledge is perfect. Uh And i got got news for you, friend, from the pulpit to the pew. Most of us don't know a quarter of what we think we know. And we are... Guilty of making presumptuous actions based upon false assumptions. False assumptions lead to presumptuous choices. That's why it ain't my right to say who's going to go to hell or who's going to go to heaven. Because I don't know that. Amen? We spend way too much time leaning on our own understanding. I do things and th- say things that I should not say because I think I know more than I do. Can I say that again? Nick Bailey, all oh, y'all is eating this up. Nick Bailey does things and says things he should not do and say because he thinks he knows more than what he really knows. Say amen right there. But I got news for you. So do you. You do things and you say things you should not do and say because you think you know more than what you really know. When handling my pulpit, my position, my platform, my power, and my personality, I must take it into account not just what I know, but also what I don't know. I'll close today with this a conspiration. Verse 15 and 16 which have forsaken the right way and are gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the son of Bosor, who loved the wages of unrighteousness but was rebuked for his iniquity. The dumb ass speaking with man's voice forbade the madness of the prophet. We ain't got time to go into the story of Balaam. It's complicated. But you know what? One thing can be said about Balaam, same thing that could be said about most Christians or a, a lot of Christians and most preachers. A donkey had more common sense than, than we do. <laughs> Ain't that right? Amen. I mean, the Bible. Well, that donkey, that donkey had more common sense than Balaam. Amen. Huh? Amen. Now you don't like to think that, and I don't either. But the truth is, an old, an old, old Nayan, You know, that's what. It, that's what a lot of what we say is to God. Eah, eah that's right I mean we think it's so wise and so profound because of all I know let me fill you in on my wisdom and God it's a donkey's got more sense than most Baptist preachers including your own amen but you know what you know what Balaam did and here's, you know what Balaam did and this is a complicated story. But he said, hey, he didn't sell himself out, but he sure did sell God's people out. You know what he sold them out for? Money. Well, what, you know, Josh, and y'all know the confidence I have in this man. I love this guy. I'm proud of this guy. He ain't scratched the surface to what God's going to do. Brother, you are going to be faced with the same choice that I'm faced with every day? Am I going to choose myself? Or I'm going to choose those people God's called me to preach and minister to. And there will be times where you've got to face that choice. Am I going to choose to help them even if it means to hurt myself? Most preachers don't make that choice. when it comes right down to it. They'll sell, they may, hey, I ain't gonna sell myself out. Yeah, but you'll sell the people of God out. Because your agenda is more important than their souls. And that's a big red flag as to whether or not a person is real or whether they're a false prophet. Let's all stand. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Preacher, pray for me that I'd have the discernment to be able to distinguish between that which is false and that which is real. All over the house, hands are going up. Preacher, pray that I would understand just how gullible I am and just how possible of a thing it is that I could be led astray from the truth and to that some foolish fable. Preacher, pray that I'd learn to keep my mouth shut. I'd be quick to hear and slow to speak. that I wouldn't make presumptuous decisions on false assumptions that I may have about what I think I know. Pray that I would measure my words and my deeds knowing that everything that comes out of my mouth and everything that I do has a reflection on the cause of Christ in the name of Jesus as well as United Baptist Church. Preacher, pray. I'm going to pray for my pastor and for for Brother Josh and Brad and Randy and other men of God that we would take every word we speak seriously. Whether it be from this platform or for some other platform. Would you pray for us? Heavenly Father, I love You. This has been a very unusual message. God, I pray that everything that's been spoken and said has been with clarity and not confusion. Lord, I pray that nobody would make any assumptions about who I may or may not be talking about today. Lord, most of all, I'm preaching to myself. Thank You for showing these things to me, Lord. Lord, forgive me. For thinking that I know so much more than what I know. God, pray that I wouldn't be so proud or arrogant to think that it's my right to be the judge, jury, and executioner of some other preacher. God, even when we ourselves feel as if we've been done wrong, Lord, I pray that we would not recompense one evil for another evil, but we would trust You to execute vengeance in Your time. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. Lord, protect our church. Protect our people. Father, the spirit of oppression is greater than it's ever been. The devil is working harder than he's ever worked to divide. And Lord, there's many times, just as I said this week, there's so many times that I feel like it's a hopeless cause. There's no way that the wounds could be healed. The wall can be broken down for the bridge to be repaired. But Lord, the division that exists amongst God's people today is a result of our sinfulness and our wickedness. Lord, if we'd repent of our sin, You would heal You'd bridge the divide and heal that gap. Heal the wounds. And Father, help us to never lose sight of the fact, God, that if You could tear down the middle wall of sin that stood in between us and a holy God, You can fix any division that exists. Whether it be between family members that are at odds, whether it be church members that won't talk to one another, whether it be preachers, that are so proud that they want to get a one-up on another preacher. God, would You unite us together. Help us to quit allowing the devil to turn us turn our attention away from him. Lord, fuss and fight amongst one another. Forgive us, Lord, for our sin. Bless during the invitation if somebody needs to come help to respond. We'll praise You for who You are and what You're going to do. Father, if there's one today that's lost, I pray that You'd save them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As Pam plays, have thine own way. If the Holy Spirit has spoken to your heart, why don't you come today? much, and uh, again, we will be here tonight, 6 o'clock p.m. for regular services, and uh, again, we're praying for the church, we've got a lot that needs to be done, had a little bit of a a hiccup here, and uh, uh, kind of got a little behind, but God will give us an opportunity to get caught up, so praise the Lord, I love you, thank you again for your prayers, I'm not going to go to the back to shake hands today, because I will, that's just part of it, if I see you walk by, I'll accidentally shake hands stick out my hand and shake it, and then you'll accuse me of trying to give you coke. so I don't want to do that, but uh, again, uh, love everybody very much, and uh, yeah, go ahead, Brother Rand.